what did you eat for breakfast? Uh, I had a bacon sandwich. Welcome to Music on Your Own Terms, the podcast that aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset through interviews, as well as discussing resources, concepts, successes, and more. Providing a platform to talk about negative emotions such as anxiety and depression in order to help overcome them in the context of music and reduce the social stigma. This is episode 104. Sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and a range of other services. Go to theskinnyarmadillo.com to learn how they can help you get your merch business to the next level. If you enjoy the podcast, there are a couple of ways you can show your support. Go to the store at store.musiconyourownterms.com and buy some merch. And at the same time, sign up for the mailing list to stay connected. Subscribe to the YouTube channel to get extra content you won't find anywhere else. And finally, head over to Podcast Magazine's website at podcastmagazine.com forward slash hot 50 and vote for Music on Your Own Terms in their Hot 50 monthly chart. In this episode, I talked to clinical psychologist and metalhead Dr. Katie Quinn about her internet support group Heavy Metal Therapy that is bringing together the metal community to talk about mental health issues, share stories, and provide resources to help people overcome their challenges. We learn about Katie's background, including how metal helped her get through a particularly stressful period, the support she received from academia urging her to set up the group in the first place, and we also explore how music can be both therapeutic as well as detrimental in certain circumstances. This week, I'm bringing back the Suggested Artist section to give a shout-out to one of my all-time favorite bands, Nevermore. I'm currently on a big Jeff Loomis kick right now, and also going back and rediscovering Worrell Dane's former band Sanctuary, which you should also check out. A funny story, at least to me, is that I discovered Nevermore on a montage section of Headbangers Ball UK covering the 95 Dynamo Festival. MTV showed a short section of a song they played, and at the time the band hadn't released anything yet. I didn't get my first Nevermore CD until 99's Dreaming Neon Black was released after I saw an ad in a metal magazine, most likely Terrorizer, and I had to go buy it in the store that week. Not sure why it took me that long to get a CD since they had released two EPs prior to that, but that said, in the late 90s we had a very basic internet, very little metal media coverage, 
and sometimes discovering new music meant going to the music shop and picking up random CDs you liked the look of the cover and hoping for the best. Fast forward to this week and I had a very late night YouTube rabbit hole session and was checking out old Nevermore live performances including said Dynamo video and stumbled upon a longer video from German TV that showed more of the show and an interview with Warrell and Jim and they were talking about the direction of the new band away from the Sanctuary sound. After 25 years, I finally figured out what song they were playing. A Sanctuary cover. Duh. So if you're a younger listener and haven't heard of or haven't checked out much of the Nevermore catalogue yet, I urge you to go give them a listen. I, as well as many, consider them cornerstone band. Jeff is with Arch Enemy nowadays, he has some solo material out there, and is one of my all-time favorite metal guitar players. Worrell sadly passed away a few years ago, and was an amazing singer. He has two solo CDs out that are also killer, not to mention the older Sanctuary stuff that is definitely something you should check out. If you like what you hear, tell your friends and pass along the new music recommendation, and definitely get in touch and let me know you got something out of this segment. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today I am joined by Dr. Katie Quinn of Heavy Metal Therapy. How are you doing and, and welcome? Hi. Hi, Simon. So yeah, just to get things started, uh, what is heavy metal therapy? Well, the first thing I should say is it's not like really therapy. So we sort of uh, named it badly, but it's kind of stuck. Right. Um, it's a, it's an online um, community uh, of kind of heavy metal fans, really. Um, and it's really all about now, it's about the link between heavy metal music and well-being and mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of started off as a, um attempt to kind of share some recovery stories, really, of um, sort of people's lives, lives in metal and how that had sort of helped them with various mental health things. Um, but it's kind of grown a little bit from there. So now we sort of talk a little bit more about like the research stuff and we um, share different ideas blogs that sort of thing so it's online really mm. um website and it's kind of linked in with with social media excellent um and what is your background so i'm a, I'm a psychologist a clinical psychologist uh, in the uk uh, mm-hmm. and i work in the nhs um with young people like sort of teenagers early 20s that sort of uh, age range who are having difficulties uh, for the first time with their mental health mm. um but heavy metal therapy is sort of something that I kind of do outside of that it's not really part of my job it's just um I came to it as a metal fan uh as a person who um 
find metal music helpful for my own sort of well-being fantastic and I think the fact that I'm a psychologist is 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 helpful uh, in sure. some ways for um for running site, but it's certainly not necess- necessary and a lot of the people that help us out are um some of them have professional training like um mental health nurses things like that um and loads and loads of sort of experts by experience who have a lived experience of mental health difficulties fantastic um so what got you into music in the first place and what was it that drew you into heavy metal in particular this is probably a familiar story but um i got into heavy music as a teenager or like maybe just before um teenager probably you know from sort of always feeling a little bit different i think from uh you know some of my peers that was probably the thing that drew me uh drew me to it was really quite sort of I think I probably started with maybe like punk and sort of then moved into metal so without giving too much away about my age I can sort of remember kind of new metal really being a um really sort of prevalent when I was in my sort of early early teens mm-hmm. um so I sort of got into got into that left it a little bit in my 20s and sort of came back to it in my le- like in my late 20s really um and yeah I've been <laughs> quite fixed since mm. and I think I think there's, you know, you go back sometimes don't you, to stuff that you like, that you liked before, um, but also, you know, found myself really liking some of the newer, the newer stuff as well, which is good. Absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I definitely have the same shared experience of, you know, getting into bands and, and uh, having that kind of shared, basically just having um, a place to feel like I have kindred spirits, whereas my school experience was being a little bullied. And, and actually, I got made fun of for having too heavy of a taste in music. Like everyone was in Guns N' Roses and, and the Britpop scene back in the 90s. And, and I everyone made fun of me for being into death metal. And I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that that kind of whole scene is is it's very, um you know, it's very welcoming. It, it, it makes you feel like you're part of something that that maybe uh you know pop music doesn't necessarily do i know there's there's actually uh brian posein has this thing you know you don't you don't see uh jazz fans go jazz you know but you see it from metal yeah yeah there's a big shared thing isn't there yeah. and i think that, that certainly that's something that i kind of identify with and yeah i also recognize that thing about um then getting targeted for uh, liking <laughs> that right. sort of music um but in terms of like the research and stuff mm there are kind of two things really that, that come that come out of it around the sort of link between heavy metal and mental health. And, and one of them is, is that thing about there's this kind of shared community um, and, you know, people will describe sort of feeling quite um, safe and welcome at like gigs mm-hmm. and things like that. I'm not saying that's everyone's experience and I know that things aren't always like that, but even sort of, you know, people who identify as being like metalheads, but they don't even, they've maybe never been to a gig or something like that, maybe even just online, they will still say they feel like they belong to this kind of metal family. And there's something really powerful in that, which mm-hmm. I guess is what we're almost trying to sort of highlight as part of part of what we do. Absolutely. So um, other than the community aspect, you know, how do you think that, uh, or how does the research show that uh, metal helps mental health so i guess probably you can't really talk about this without saying that it there is a bit of baggage in the past about um what people thought mm-hmm. uh had like the influence of heavy metal was on on people's psychology so um there are some studies that sort of maybe from, mainly from the 90s really that kind of said that um maybe you know metal was associated with things like teen suicide and um you know violence those kinds of those kinds of things um 
so it sort of comes along with this this slightly kind of negative mm-hmm. reputation um and yet sort of more recently they've um a sort of questioned some of the validity of those of those early studies but also found a couple of interesting things about um i guess really you could probably say catharsis might be the way to Mm. to summarize it so that there's something in that really kind of high energy um stuff that helps people to process anger um and helps them to uh you know if they kind of relate to some of those experiences it's more of um a healthy way of processing something and connecting with something i guess um in a kind of non-destructive way absolutely uh, versus you know versus i don't know letting it build up and dumping mm-hmm. the walls or you know whatever whatever it is so there's definitely something i think about emotional processing mm-hmm. that happens as well as that kind of wider community support and it's generally quite an inclusive community there are some exceptions to that but absolutely a lot of a lot of metalheads will say that. Um, and then I did read something on the blog for your website. Um, there was a, a metal vocalist, and she was writing about Primal Scream and how yeah. Primal Scream is obviously this, you know, very early um, psych- psychological exploration, and and how obviously this is more related to being a vocalist than anything else. But obviously, if you're shouting the vocals at a concert, it also is part and parcel of that. That is definitely a release. So. I don't know if you can talk a bit more, edu- you know, yeah, yeah. from an educational point. Yes, I'm not a vo- I'm not a vocalist either. But um, I one of the things I think is was really interesting about what she was saying is that there's yes, there's that there's the release thing, um, but also that the, there's something quite empowering I think for a lot of her students to mm. you know kind of have the the confidence and the um, uh, the, the skill to to make that sort of um, make that sort of noise, mm. <laughs> I guess. Um, so I think there's probably something in in that in, in in the confidence, but just about kind of getting stuff out. The other thing that comes up a lot is um, in like gigs and stuff, you know, like mosh pits and that sense of like almost having like a kind of licensed aggression, you mm-hmm. know, a way of sort of getting getting some adrenaline out and that being quite a kind of release. Um, and of course, there's there's quite a few rules, I suppose, in in, in mosh pits that people follow. So that there is that sort of there is a safety element of it. I guess some people would say the same about sports, maybe. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's the. I mean, I'm not I'm not to put a partaker in mosh pits because I always end up getting hurt when I do anything physical. But yeah, there's there's always unwritten rules like you don't leave someone down on the floor, and you know, I and there's the whole. I don't know if this is folklore, but the whole story of uh, somebody doing a stage dive, and there's like half the metal community. And then the the rest is like some some festival where there's other genres and someone just falls on the floor because the people that weren't into rock and metal didn't know to catch him. And okay. yeah, I don't know if that's is that's true. It's just folklore. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, you always see these uh, always see people that that really just get it all out on the on the mosh pit and the the wall of death and everything. And it's mm. it's just it's just uh, definitely a release. So on that point have you seen or or heard anyone talk about the fact that that's not happening right now due to covid and any mm-hmm. i guess rise in in more mental health issues yeah i think it's really difficult because a lot of people will say that gigs in particular concerts whatever you want to call it are particularly helpful but you know it's a time where people perhaps feel a sense of belonging and togetherness as well as mm. all the other all the other good bits about it so obviously that's that's been a really big problem uh, and I think 
I think one of the other things is, is that a lot of people feel a bit worried about, um, you know, maybe some of the smaller bands mm. and um, like if they're going to survive <laughs> through, you know, through this, because obviously there's an economic impact and, you know, a lot of bands rely on touring and things like that, don't they, to make, um, to make an income. Um, so, yeah, I think that has been a big worry for some, for, for a lot of people. And I'm, although I'm not sure we've got the data yet, I'm fairly sure that there will be a massive increase in mental health mm. stuff coming through, um, you know, as we, kind of are able to sort of collect that i don't mean with heavy metal therapy i mean generally in general yeah um so what we've been trying to do a little bit is to sort of think about because the strength of an online community is that we are you know dispersed and we're able to remain connected despite not being physically together for sure because of that we are, we have sort of tried to think about if there is anything that we can do as as a community so we, we've tried to do a couple more of the like you know the interactive things that we maybe didn't do we didn't do so much of before like um yeah little webinars opportunities for people to come and have a chat with us more of a group uh more kind of group things as well um just to sort of have that slightly more interactive element so hopefully it does start to feel like um yeah a bit more like a community rather than um just like you know us sharing sharing things that we think are think are in, interesting um having said that it's not really like a support group it's right. um in like a sort of formal mental health sense mm. um and if people identify that's what they want we, we, we tend to kind of signpost people to other other things fantastic i did want to touch a little bit i do find for my own mental health sometimes like i'll i'll be listening to um you know paradise loss is a big one for me um mm. but that kind of doom genre sometimes if i'm really low does tend to lead me even further down and I'm just wondering, is there any links that you've seen that show that, like, I mean, even aggressive music, like if you're working out or you're working on, you know, getting amped up for something, it it, it does seem like there, there's the catharsis side of it, but there's also the, you know, I think music is so powerful, it can actually change your mood. And if you're not careful, if you're listening to the wrong type at that particular point, um, it can push you in the wrong direction. I mean, mm. is there any like studies or anything like that that you can talk about? Yeah, so um, I'm pretty sure there is some research about listening to very sad music when you're feeling down and how that might not always be um, helpful. Mm. Uh, we've, so, so one of the things that we do on, um, on the site is we kind of create playlists for different, um, for different emotions. Mm. And th this issue comes up every time we talk about the low mood playlist because... Um, Nine times out of ten, what people do is they they've identified uh, metal songs that um, resonate with their sense of low mood. Mm. So they're they're sad songs or songs about depression or, or things like that. They're not songs to cheer you up, right. <laughs> as in like to put you in the opposite kind of kind of mood. Um, so what we what we've got is we've got a bit of a balance. So the, there's stuff about low mood, and I guess that might be helpful if it's something that people relate to you mm -hmm. know and they can sort of see that that you know another person's had that experience um but we've also got um like we've got happiness playlists we've got things that um are about overcoming adversity for example uh and we sort of put a bit of a warning really on it and say you know this is what this one's about but if you're looking for like the opposite thing or something to cheer you up there's other there's mm. other things in, instead because i do think you're right there's a balance between um yeah relatability and putting you know maybe putting yourself in a, a really low mood for example um so yeah we, we do think about that and obviously i suppose people have to take 
a bit of responsibility for what they, you know what they what they choose to do. But I think yeah, I think you're right. It can be a bit of a balance. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like just to extend on that point, I think uh, you know, music for me is has been extremely uh, powerful and, and helpful in in terms of you know getting myself out of particular mindsets, overcoming grief, all that kind of stuff. And it can be very helpful when it's 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 extreme. You know, it's an extreme metal track and it's very aggressive. You know, you you can at least from my experience, you can turn yourself from the the down you know mood into you know, change that into anger, and then the anger is a, is the release, like we talked about with the primal scream. Mm. So, can you give any tips for like improving mood or just being mindful about your mental health? I think, from the perspective of our kind of, I mean, and obviously at work, I might do this and say something slightly slightly different, really. But um, in terms of the kind of project and the stuff to do with um, the stuff to do with mood, mm. I think. One of the th- one of the things that we do sort of talk about quite a lot is that um, there are some mainstream mental health campaigns, maybe or mainstream mental health um, charities and things that sort of promote a lot of what we might think of as kind of wellness, mm-hmm. and that is um, usually stuff like um, a lot of mindfulness based things, you know, um, a lot of distraction based based things, um, and those totally have their place and they can be really really good. But something that we sometimes kind of point out is that um, there's also a role for uh, being able to turn towards difficult feelings and do, um, you know, in, engage with them in non-destructive ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I think maybe some of the, the more aggressive music can be can be helpful. So I think I think there's a balance between sort of like pushing things away and turning towards things and, pro- and processing them. Mm-hmm. And maybe I, I, I guess a lot of a lot of mental health campaigns maybe focus more on the kind of pushing away away stuff, which then leads us to perhaps think about more of the turning towards um, just because I think it doesn't get as much coverage, if that, right. makes, if that makes sense. Um, and that's always been really, really popular. And I think that that's partly because there is something that's happening in metal when people are listening to metal and the themes that are in metal and things like that, that does represent turning towards feelings, turning towards difficult feelings. Mm. Awesome. I did want to touch a bit more on your background. How did you get involved in in uh, mental health work in the first place? What drew you into the psychology field? Do you know, I, I always get asked this question and I still don't have a very good answer. <laughs> um, I didn't, it took me a long time to decide what I wanted to do. Um, and it wasn't necessarily, um, I actually started um, my career as a statistician. So I did a lot of maths. I was a maths person. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of research and things in, um, in, clinical, in clinical psychology. So I came from that sort of background, actually, of doing a lot of like, researching. And so I'm a maths nerd, really. Or that's, how, that's how I started, started out. Um, and all the way up until my second year of training, um, of which there's three years, so like near the end, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Of my training I would have said I still wasn't sure if I wanted to be a psychologist and then I did a, fi- a placement with um, a psychologist called Rufus who had a lived experience of mental health difficulties and then had gone on to train to be uh, to be a psychologist and he did a lot of what they call community psychology so that's kind of bringing psychology out into into the real world rather mm-hmm. than just like two people in a therapy room and as soon as I found that that was it I knew that that was what I wanted to do but until I found that, you know, it, it took me a while to sort of get my get my head around it. And I think, well, I'm, I'm fairly sure that heavy metal therapy is a, a community psychology project, really. Oh, that, for that's sure. Absolutely. What it's, you know, that's what it is about. 
Excellent. There, so I like to do a section where it's it's kind of the the non quick fire question round. Okay. What significant negative experience have you overcome, and what did it teach you? What's significant? I think the kind of start of. Um, I think I said at the beginning, I kind of came out, I moved away from heavy metal and then I sort of came back, um, came back to it uh, later on. When I was finishing my training, I went through a really, really difficult period of like hideous stress and anxiety, that, mm. um, just kind of a lot of pressure, you know, work pressure and, thing, and things like that. Um, and I started working with somebody who uh, was really into um, actually five finger death punch of all things, but you know, and at the time I'd never, okay. never heard it. I'd never heard of them. Um, and, uh, for the purposes of kind of re- like researching whatever, I thought, well, I'll have a listen to this and see what it's like. And it was all very sort of shouting and, and whatever. Um, but there was something about that, that, um, started me thinking, oh, you know, I used to be into all that stuff and I, I dusted off Iowa, which was my kind of trusty album at the, at the time. And even now that's the thing that, you know, if I'm really cross about something, I still want to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I start, and I started listening to it again and that was the thing that brought me back and that was the thing that I, that brought me back to metal and that was the thing that was probably the most helpful in getting, getting through it. And I tried, you know, all the kind of psychology things like, you know, the mindfulness and the, uh, you know, relaxation techniques and whatever it was. And it just, and I thought, God, I'm a terrible psychologist because none of this stuff is <laughs> it's really working for me. Um, and yet there was something in that music mm. and, and the, the energy, I don't know, that, that, you know, that really, really helped more than anything else. And I suppose, although that, that was many years ago now, that was the first kind of crystallization of what heavy metal therapy would become. Fantastic, um, and yeah, I think uh, for for uh, all all the um, negative elitism that you know that the the institution kind of puts on people like uh, Corey Taylor, those the Corey Taylor and people like him definitely are. I'd say they're definitely responsible for a lot of you know th- basically group therapy. You know, mm-hmm. if you think about how popular Slipknot are and how many gigs and all the kids coming out of the woodwork with their Slipknot t-shirts back in the day and just, yeah, having this place to get their aggression out again. So mm-hmm. what major positive experience has given you the encouragement to take to follow this journey? It, it, it's actually been a little bit crazy, really. So I wanted... Um... When we when we set it up, I set it up as like a little Facebook group to start with, well, a page rather than a group. And my intention was that you know me and some of my mates would share some um, of these stories. And I got a couple of people that I knew to to kind of put these stories in. And I wanted to get a hundred people to like this Facebook group. That was like my ambition. Um, and it just sort mm. of um, like took off in a way that I just didn't didn't expect it to. Um, but I think I think the thing that really sort of encouraged me is there was, there's a researcher called um, Bernard Gurin who wrote a, a paper about um, the the metal community really and how like young people find it quite supportive. And I'd, I'd fired him off this email saying I'm thinking about doing this. You know what do you what do you think? Um, expecting really that everyone was just going to laugh me out of the park like other psychologists would or you know mm. academic like he's like a serious academic person. Anyway, he replied straight away and he was really really encouraging. Um, and I think probably if you hadn't have done that, I might have sort of just forgotten about it, <laughs> really. But there right. have been a few sort of key people, so some metal, metal academics, some psychology academics, and some psychologists, um, 
whom I never ever thought I mean I've discovered there's loads of metalheads everywhere in all kind of walks of mm-hmm. walks of life uh, you know I've been surprised really surprised about all these closet metalheads that you find in academia and things like that um but yeah mm-hmm. I think I'd probably say it's just you know the encouragement from other people really that's been un- both unexpected but also you know it kind of spurs you spurs you on and when you get feedback from people that use the community you know that it's been something that's been really helpful for example then you know it, it, it that's what really keeps it keeps it going fantastic um and so what does music mean to you <laughs> um well i suppose it's 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 gone now from it being it was just a personal thing for me that i you know i i found to be really important for my own you know sanity if you want to use that if you want to use that word and not just that I mean I, I think one of the, the problems is that I'm used to talking about music in the context of mental health now and it's not just about mental health at all you know I do enjoy it I do enjoy going to going to gigs and it's it's fun and all the other stuff about it as well so, so yeah so the, I guess there's that um that sort of personal personal bit awesome so where can people find out about you get in touch um where can they find the uh, the group itself yeah so our website's heavymetaltherapy.co.uk um and hopefully you can find all the links and everything in in there but um a lot of uh, people find us via social media um so it's at heavy metal therapy on facebook and instagram and then for some reason on twitter it's at heavy therapy so we've lost a metal somewhere there i don't know why mm-hmm. that i don't know why that is but anyway we, so it's at heavy therapy on twitter but otherwise uh, at heavy metal therapy on other social medias and we have um, playlists and stuff on uh, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Music at the moment. But you can find all the links on the website to that. Cool. And then at the end, I like to play a song either by the artist I'm interviewing or in this case, if it's if there's a friend or, or you know, somebody who's been active in the community, you know, that you want to give a shout out to, what would you like to play? Yeah, so I don't know if this, this is very not heavy, um, but it's a... a a new new core or metal core band that um have sort of been quite supportive of us and they're, they're a small band from leeds that are sort of and uh, we're from near there so it's they're, they're sort of a little local um local band really i don't think that they've released an album yet i think they're still uh working on it. they've released a few singles they're called captives um and okay. i think the song is called signs that i i like which is it's about anxiety it's got uh, you know quite a lot of stuff about anxiety so fantastic it's mental health themed um and also yeah quite nice i suppose shout out to a local band all right excellent i will uh i will put them on on the end of cool. the episode um yeah this has been a great great conversation really appreciate you coming on and uh you know definitely continued success um definitely uh start being a little act- more active in the uh on the facebook group because it's definitely something that i'm all excellent. about so um yeah thank you so much no you're welcome it's been a nice chat to you Thank you so much for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform, as this really helps get the word out about the podcast so that other musicians can benefit from the awesome knowledge that my guests are sharing. The more the musicians community collectively learns, the stronger we will all become. A rising tide lifts all ships. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. This is Captives with Signs. Listen to me I'm not saying it's impossible Maybe I just need a little sympathy Though I'm guessing it would help if I
just get my conscience clear I wanna disappear 